I should say that clones illuminate something about your character. They show something about your character because of the sameness that they have or the difference that they have. On this week's episode of You Are a Storyteller, Brian and Jesse discuss clone characters, what they are, and how you can use them in your stories. I have a friend who um, he got a job working at, um, uh, well, should I say where he was working? He had a, he, he, <laughs> he got a job working at a, uh, a big special effects house. And uh, he got a job as a storyboard and concept guy there. It was his first sort of big job. And when he was there, he met a guy who had been there, I think, 10 years or something. And this guy could draw like a maniac, kind of like the guy. Everybody was like, that guy, he's the guy. He draws very well. I know him now, but at the time, he was just an abstract guy. The story was about my friend was telling me. So I met this guy when I worked there. And he goes, this guy could draw like a maniac, but he was burned out. Hmm. He was all the joy because he worked at this particular company uh, doing the stuff he was doing and not being allowed to be as creative as he could be and all of that. Um, it sucked the life out of him. And my friend looked at that guy and he said, oh, I can't be here more than 10 years. And that's a clone character. Hmm. He was using that guy and his experience to inform his decisions about where he wanted to be. The f- what's cool is your buddy was like clear-minded enough mm-hmm. to go... That's me in 10 years. Right. Instead of just like, wonder what Phil's problem is or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. He had some wisdom to see that. He did. So when you use the term clone character, um, it's one of those things like, uh, you know, after you kind of obviously showed me a bunch of examples of this, now I see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's been super helpful for me from a writing standpoint, even a directing standpoint to understand that these the characters that are surrounding kind of this main character are not random and they're not there just for like flavor right right but they have they serve a purpose mm-hmm. um what would be like a story you talked about like the three pigs can you can you can you walk walk us through how the three pigs is a good example of clone characters sure uh and i should say that clones that's one word for them that's the word i use um and there are reasons that i use my own terminology um, one of them is that if, if I say something like, um, like I use armature to mean theme reason I, I say armature instead of theme. Now I use them interchangeably, but when I'm teaching, I'll say armature first because people walk in to a space or a class or whatever with different definitions of theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so if I start saying theme without providing a definition, then we're not speaking the same language. Right. So people aren't hearing what I'm saying in the same way. Or they might go like, yeah, theme, theme. Yeah, I got it, I got it. Right. Yeah. So armature is new to them usually. They haven't thought of it or heard of it that way. And then I can define what it is. And once I've defined it and they understand it, we can go interchangeably between theme and armature, right? Right. So clones, some people have a problem with the word because clones don't have to be exactly like your main character or your protagonist. And so they're like, yeah, but a clone's exactly the same. And so they get hung up on the word oh. clone. Um, uh, some people would use the phrase mirror, mirror characters or huh. reflection characters. But mirror characters and reflection characters, reflections aren't the same either. And neither are mirrors, <laughs> yeah, right? So it yeah. doesn't, it's like, there's no, maybe there's a word in another, another language. There's no word in English Right. That's the perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. And the people that argue about those types of things, it's like, just stop it. Yeah. Get over it. I know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Great. So, clones. (laughs) 
<laughs> so the way uh-huh. I the yeah. way I yeah. use clones uh-huh. is uh, that you have your protagonist and it this character or characters around your character um, illuminate something about your character. They 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 show something about your character um, because of the sameness that they have or the difference that they have. So. The Three Little Pigs are my favorite examples of clone characters. They're probably the most famous because that story is about one pig. It's not about three pigs. It's about one pig. It's about the pig that built the house of bricks. Now, the funny thing is, before before we unpack that, I remember being in your class and you you say you actually started a little further up the funnel. Okay. You said, who's the Three Little Pigs about? Okay. And we were hearing answers like, the, the wolf. Right. Or... Wait, it's only about one of the pigs? Yeah. Maybe the first one? Yeah. So so why do you say it's about the third pig specifically? Well, uh, because he's the one who really learns the lesson, right? He's he's the protagonist. He's the one that learns the lesson. Mm-hmm. The, the wolf is just a, just a, a, an obstacle, just a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's about the pig who who's successful the pig who built the house of bricks but you have no idea that that pig is successful unless you have the failure of the first two pigs mm-hmm. right so you have the the house of straw pig yeah right and that could just be a mistake you could do it with one pig right and go mistake mistake success yeah so that's all it is mistake mistake success yeah house of bricks house of straw house of bricks and it's the three thing too, because isn't there like a rule of three? And yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because three, it works this way in music too. And I'm not a music guy, so music people might have some debate about it. But essentially, there's a um, and there's that uh, YouTube of uh, Paul Simon writing "Still Crazy," and he talks huh. about threes well, in that. Know. Have you never seen that? No. You got to see that. Crazy. Uh, it is crazy. It's amazing to see because he doesn't know how the song ends. He doesn't know how the song goes. He's writing it right there. So he's like, I don't know. Then I could do this with it and I could do that oh, with crazy. it. But he talks about threes a little bit in there. And so the the idea or the, the theory behind it is that generally uh, – and jokes work this way too, right? It's a triple. A triple is you know somebody's making a list on a sitcom or something and they say this, this, and the third one will be the twist, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because – yeah. Eggs, milk, and a puppy. What, right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, yeah, yeah. right? Because uh, two is a pattern. One's not a pattern, hmm. right? So two is a pattern, and three breaks the pattern. Right. Right? You get it at two. Yeah. Three is too much. You're like, yeah. okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because then at three, you're like, okay, you, you get your point. Right. So it's the right number. So you have the first two pigs, and they're really just to give you contrast. Right. They exist, so you go... Oh, that pig's successful. You take that those pigs out of the story. Tell the story without three, just one pig, and forget about the house of bricks and the house of straw. And you say, once upon a time there was a pig, uh, and uh, he built a house of bricks, and a wolf came and tried to blow it down and couldn't blow it down. Okay. There's, right? <laughs> yeah. There's no story because yeah, right. there's no progression. Right. Yeah. Right? The story happens because there's progression. There's failure, failure, success. That's right. And then... But once you see the, was it the straw, the sticks, and then by then you're like, well, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the third one does it. I think in the original story too, the wolf came down the chimney and into a pot and yeah, he like yeah, cooked the wolf. Him, and so the they actually reversed it. Yeah. Where like the pig was eating the wolf. Yeah. But I mean, it's darker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, than the Disney version. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those clones are there for a purpose. So, it, and w- what I like about that is whoever, I mean, the funny thing is I was just reading about the, the three pigs 
And the earliest printed version they have of the story is like 1840. Mm-hmm. But they think it existed much what, longer oh, yeah. than that, yeah. right? Um, and then, of course, it's evolved. And then, you know, when Disney redid it, they, you know, kind of caught on here and it, they made it a lot more friendlier. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the pigs were getting eaten every time. They were just running to their <laughs> right, brothers' houses right, yeah. or whatever. They changed it. Um, but the, I, I always thought the Three Little Pigs example you used was really helpful just as like, let's start with a really simple one. Right. Right. Before, like, because when we start looking at some of the features and things, they get kind of complex. And mm-hmm. But if you look at, great, let's look at that. You can see where the other ones are there, right? right. You mentioned the wolf being there mm-hmm. um, because you needed an obstacle. I I think even as we're handling, like, really high-level basic stuff, can you talk about, um, like, the goal and the obstacle, right? Sure. Well, Just even those three basic pieces you need for a story. Well, okay. So uh, uh, Bill Idelson put it this way, but the, I mean, a lot of people have talked about it this yeah. way. Uh, Neil Simon talked about it this way too. Um, so um, you, to, in order to have a story, you need essentially three elements. You need a character, you need a goal, something that character wants, mm-hmm. and you need an obstacle to that goal. Right. And how that character overcomes that obstacle to reach that goal is your story. That's it. That's all. That's all you need. Sketches work that way. Yeah. Uh, or at least they used to. Now it's, I've got a funny character and he, you know, talks Goofs real loud around. or whatever. You know, whatever the thing <laughs> he is. He talks real loud. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I cracked the nut on this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. He talks He real talks loud. really loud. Oh, okay. You know, um, that's why a lot of sketches seem to go on too long. And like, yeah. Because there's not an obstacle, right? Right. So people have thrown that out the window because that's old fashioned. Right. But it, it has worked for thousands of years, yeah. I, I guess. Um, well, you know, it's funny. Last time I heard you explain that, y- you didn't even tell like a big fancy story you talked about like a raccoon at the zoo do you remember oh, yeah, that yeah, story yeah. Mm-hmm. just to like give you an example of of like drama in real life yeah so i was at the zoo with my uh my then girlfriend uh now my wife and we were at the zoo and and um there was uh at the the, the zoo had a uh, an eagle exhibit so the way it works the way the eagle exhibit is set up there at that zoo is that there's like a you walk up it's kind of a a platform, you don't, it, I mean, it's ground level, but then they've dug a little pit, um, and down below there's a little environment, uh, like a little stream and some foliage and stuff, and then there's this big pole, and then at the top of the pole is a place for eagles to sit, and then it's covered by a, a net so they can't fly away. And uh, there's this little stream that they've built there, and over the stream, like hanging on a piece of bamboo or something, were these uh, fish. So the eagles could fly down and get a fish or whatever when they get hungry. So everybody's looking at the eagles. And then, and then people notice there's a, a raccoon, a wild raccoon, that has snuck in under the fence. And he looks like he wants that, those fish. So he's Now, I thought raccoons didn't mind getting wet, but this raccoon was not interested in being wet. So, so it would sort of pace along the sort of bank there and, and sort of look at these fish and sort of you know, and so kind of scope him out, and he he stuck stuck his little foot in the water, and oh no, I don't want that. Yeah. And so and the, so so right now we have a character with a goal and an obstacle. Yeah. Right. And what's interesting is all of a sudden everybody at the zoo is not looking about at the eagles anymore. They're now there's a story <laughs> happening right now. Yeah. There's a character with an obstacle and a goal. So the raccoon uh, uh, grabs a fish and he's pulling on it. And he yanks, but the fish doesn't come loose. And everybody, everybody at the zoo is like, oh, right? Because now we're invested, right? Nobody's leaving right now. No, no. Where would you go? You got to see how this plays out, right? So so then he tries it again. Same thing. Same result. But then people start realizing, 
oh wait, there's eagles up there, right? Are these eagles gonna know, gonna catch on to this? Yeah. Now here's what's interesting about conflict. Stories need conflict, um, but the the threat of conflict is just as strong or as powerful as conflict. Sometimes more. So the fact that there there are these eagles and that they might attack this raccoon creates tension. Yeah. Right? You didn't even have to see it actually try it and no. miss. No. You just knowing he's there and yeah. you keep checking up. Has he, yeah. has he spotted the yeah. raccoon yet? Right. This is another a potential obstacle. Yeah. Right? So um and so the raccoon grabs this fish and he pulls it, yanks it clean and and puts it in his teeth and scurries out under the fence and everybody cheers. Yeah. Like he blew up the Death Star or something yeah, uh-huh. because yeah. they were invested in that story. Yeah. Right? Uh, they were invested in it. And, and there's even a lesson there about persistence. <laughs> sure. right? right? Right. Yeah, exactly. You could tell that story. And everybody's felt like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, man, if I could just, oh, man, he missed it the first time. I hope he gets it. Yeah. You know, it's, you're something to root for. Yeah. But what I love about that is like you just look at, it was just happening in front of you. Like the structure was happening in front of you. And, it, and I bet you, for anybody even watching this or listening to this, if you started keep your eyes peeled, whether you're at the zoo or at the grocery store, you'll start to see this stuff. Oh, you'll the see The kid it. trying to grab the candy bar and he's not quite tall yeah. enough. And you just all of a sudden you're like, why am I fascinated with this? Right. It's interesting, it right? It is. Be- again, it's- Character, obstacle, goal. Right. And again, you can observe the stuff in its natural habitat. Yeah. And then that way you don't have an issue with doing it in a story because you know it's real. People t- tend to think it's fake. Oh, I'm setting up this thing. Yeah. Right? No. This is the way life works. Look around. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and the, the funny thing is, um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I've worked with clients in the past. Mm-hmm. Of course, none of my clients now. No. Um, where, where you have to be like, you know, you need conflict. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we need conflict? Right. Well, we can't it just be about how great fill in the blank is, product, service, whatever? Yeah. And you're like, no. Because, I, so you're saying, you're saying you want the raccoon to come under the fence and have a plate of fish, grab the fish and go out. <laughs> right. Nobody's going to, there's <laughs> right. nothing there to right. root for, right? Yeah. Um, but once you realize that this isn't, the conflict thing isn't just like a filmmaker trying to be a jerk and say, none of conflict in the story. It's like, no, this is baked into reality. This is how right. we work as people, right. right? We pay attention as long as there's an eagle there and there's the water there, then right. we pay attention. If you're asking the consumers or people or whoever to pay attention to your story and you don't have that, it's going to fall flat. Right. There's, there's no reason to ever yeah. get my attention. Right. right? Um, but going back to clone characters, uh, I just thought that was important to kind of set up the basics with that too. Like, because the Three Little Pigs was a great example of that too. Right. Right. It's right. like, okay, well, you know, could that story have worked without the wolf? Well, no, it's three right. brother pigs that <laughs> all have right. nice houses. Right. One of them's a tiki chat and the other one's a brick house, but it's, yeah. it's more of about their personal style as pigs <laughs> right. yeah. as opposed to actually learning anything. Yeah. Um, and so just seeing that the fox was, fox, that the, he was an arbitrary. Nobody in that story, there was no fat in that story. Right. You needed both the pigs, you needed the wolf structurally for that to make that work. Right. Now, if we take that kind of big principle of like, okay, cool, I now see why I needed not only the wolf over here, but really these two other pigs in order to kind of be a mirror back to, a clone back to the third pig who actually puts the time in, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's really similar to the, to like those, you know, the classic stories of like, you know, whatever it is, the ant that stores its food. Oh, right, and so yeah. in the winter it has food and then the whatever, the raven doesn't or whatever. Right. The same type of principle. Yeah, they're clones. Yeah, clones, exactly. Yeah. Um, can we talk about like a feature, maybe something people have seen? Yeah. Um, There's two examples I like a lot. Okay. Uh, Finding Nemo is full of clones. 
So in Finding Nemo, actually, Pixar is pretty good at uh, at utilizing clones. They they will exist in a story almost just by accident when you're doing a story. But if you understand that they're there, then you can utilize them fully. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah Nemo's a great example. Yeah, Nemo's yeah. great because in Nemo you have a couple of different kinds of clones. So you have Marlin, uh, who is Nemo's father. And Marlin is overprotective, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, and he doesn't think Nemo, you know, he, his whole family was killed except Nemo. And so he has all this anxiety about whether Nemo's going to be safe and all of that. Yeah. Right. Nemo also has uh, an underdeveloped fin, a yeah. small fin. Right. He has every reason in the world to be as protective as he is. Right. Yeah. Right. But he's overprotective. Yeah. So uh, later when Nemo's gone and he has to find Nemo, um, he meet now he's, uh, by the way, Marlon is um, plagued with anxiety about his past. Yeah. Right? He meets Dory, the fish with no memory. <laughs> always happy, always. I know, I love that. Yeah. I, it's so smart. It's very smart, right? So, so the Dor- guy who's stuck in the past yeah. befriends someone who has no memory. Right. It's too great. It, like, it's too good. It's perfect. Yeah. So, so, okay, so you have that. But you also have um, the, the turtle crush. Yeah who is, like, completely the opposite of Marlon, <laughs> right? With his son, like, Squirt, who gets yeah. him, like, ah, let him, hey, dude, let him yeah, do his thing, uh-huh. right? Where you see that, oh, that's another... And he's encouraging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what this guy can do on his own. Otherwise, how will he know, mm-hmm. right? So you have that uh, the clone yeah. saying, there's another way to be a dad. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. There's another way to parent. Yeah. Right? So that's a... He's a great clone character yeah. crush. Now... You go to the tank where Nemo is, mm. and in the tank, you have Gil, the dad of the tank, right? Yeah. He's the same way as Crush is. When Nemo, like, they have a little plan to escape and, like, oh, chest it out, see if you can do this thing, and Nemo gets caught. Yeah. And all the fish are like, we got to help him. It's like, no, yeah. let's see, let's, let's, yeah. right? Gil is more like, uh, like Crush. Gil also... Has a fin mm-hmm. that uh, has been damaged. Yeah. So he's a clone for both Marlin. Yeah. And for and Nemo. Nemo. Yep. Yeah. But that's so. What's great about that is it. Well, number one, it's a really well told story. So I'm not yeah. to take anything away. But yeah. the nice thing is when you can see these things mm-hmm. for the maybe the first time, you can start to go like, oh, this is how you do it. Right. Right. Okay. Right. If what does this character need to learn? Right. Right. Who do who does he have to be surrounded with? In order to kind of get him past this obstacle, get you know, even just like for him, like really psychologically, yeah, right. And like, in essence, I remember you told me one time you just said, "I'm like, figure out the worst place your character, the last place your character wants to be, and then you got to put him there." Yeah, right. Well, it's the same thing. It's like, who are these people that have to be around them? Right, right. And then you got to put them there. Right. Like, for somebody who's plagued by their past. It would drive you crazy to be stuck with somebody who has, <laughs> right. I can't remember their name, <laughs> right. whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, that's a really smart move. Yeah. Um, and so, as you, if you were, like, constructing that, why why, why do you think it was those, that that was the right kind of mix? You know what I'm saying? Like, like for me, it'd be kind of hard to go, like, okay, let's pretend we don't have that story yet, and go, like, okay, I have this guy, 
He's overprotective. And didn't Andrew Stanton talk about like he would he took his kids to the yeah. park or something? Yeah, he took his son to the park or something. He was yeah. spending some time with his kid, I guess. And uh, um, he he hadn't spent that kind of time with his kid or maybe at that age or something. But he, oh, I get to hang out with my kid. But he would find himself being overprotective. Don't go over there and don't do that and don't jump on this or whatever <laughs> uh-huh. it was. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where he was like, oh, hey, wait, there's, there's a, something here. There's a movie in here. Yeah. What's beautiful about that, even the origin story is he observed in its natural habitat. Yeah. And just dramatized it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So I'm going to take this thing that just happened in real life. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I'm going to set it in a, in a, you know, in a cartoon world. And now there's magic there because it's based on something that, I, you know, mm-hmm. it based a real human experience. Right. And it becomes a universal story. So I don't even like fish. Right. I don't like to eat fish at least. Yeah. I think they look cool. But you can connect with Nemo because there's a universal principle behind it. And there's a, univer- there's an armature, right? Right. Well, there's no story about fish. <laughs> It's people yeah. who look yeah. like fish. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no story about fish. Right. Even that story about raccoon is not about a raccoon. Right? That's about us. Yeah. Right? There's no story about a fish. That's right. Yeah. There's no story about pigs. There's no story. It's it's all about people. And those clones, if you start looking around your life, you'll see clones. Yeah. There are clones I all mean, over the place. I, I see that all the time. Your parents like, are clones. Right. And what's... Where I think the wisdom is at is when you can when you can see the clone. A friend of mine, um, really similar to your friend's story, actually, um, was working at this really incredible um, ad agency, mm-hmm. kind of top five best ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boy, that must have been a real blast. I mean, getting to learn from all these people. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, yeah, it was cool. But he goes, you know, um, there was a person there that was really high up, and uh, well, I asked him, I go, okay. He was like, yeah, yeah, you got to learn a lot of stuff. He's like, but there's also some stuff that made me want to leave. Mm-hmm. I was like, what was that? And he's like, there was a person there that was very high up, had won every award you can win, did, you know, hot mm-hmm. shot. And he was like, in about every two months, about every quarter, he would go on a binger. Um, and we'd have to like try to drag him out of the taxi, get him wow. sobered up and take care of this guy. And I was like, now I know this guy from reputation. I've never met him personally. He's a big deal. Right. And I was like, really? That's sad. I mean, he's done some of the best work ever. Sure. And um, he was like, well, yeah, because what happens is he, about every quarter, he tries to reach out to his son. Oh. And his son doesn't return phone calls. Oh. Because he was never around because he was always working. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, he's won every award in the world. Do you think he cares at this point? Right. And he goes on these bingers because he can't mm. deal with his kid not. Okay. Give him a phone call back. Yeah. And uh, And my friend said the same thing. He's like... And I, I knew I had to get out of there. Yeah. Because, yeah, I might win the whatever fill-in-the-blank fancy award. But, like, uh, he was a new dad at the time. He's like, I don't want to do that. Right. The cool thing is, when we, he's, we he and I were talking about that, we started talking about clone characters. Yeah. And I was like, I, I think it's so cool that you can identify this person and go, I'm as ambitious as him. Right. Which means I'm going to end up where he's at. Uh what do I want more? Right. And then you get to make a decision. Right. So that that's an example of clone characters in real life, just like your buddy. Right. Right? Those are negative. I'm sure we see positive ones too. Like that's probably why we're, we have certain heroes that we have. Oh, we yeah, go like, oh. positive ones. But there's also, yeah. I remember, you know, I try to explain to people that stories are about passing on survival information. I think that's why they exist. That's mm-hmm. why we do it, so that we can help each other survive. So when, um, in 2008, when the... Uh, um, the, the crash, mm. 2007, yeah, yeah, yeah. just before the election, yeah. the crash. 
uh, there was a, and everybody was worried. Like, are we going to go into a depression? Are we mm-hmm. going to? And I remember the headline on the paper. Uh, they still had papers back then, newspapers. <laughs> and uh, I remember it was in the little kiosk thing, and it said, um, "The Great Depression." How did your grandparents survive, or something like that? Mm-hmm. And that was the headline of the paper. Yeah, because those people were clones. Hey, this happened before. And here's what the how people we dealt do. with it. Yeah, what the people do. And I bet you they sold a lot of papers. I bet you they did. That's a great headline. It's so much better than like there's blood in the streets. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, hey, get prepared, get ready. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Storm's coming. There's people that have dealt with the storm before. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah. This is how you deal with it, right? This that is, is really good copy. I know it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But it's exactly right. It's like, oh, yeah, we need to Not know. Not only that, you remember it now. Yeah. How many headlines do you remember? I know. I'm trying to think, geez, I don't know. 9-11? I remember 9-11 had seen that paper. Yeah. But it was such a good headline. Yeah. And so on point that you were like, oh. Yeah. Stuck in your head. Yeah. Well, it was survival information. That's right. Oh, there's survival information here? Let me. Let, yeah. 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 I prefer to survive than not. Right, right. And somebody has it, right? Which yeah. is why um, the, the, all wisdom is is a collection of stories, mm. right? And so yeah. that's why I think stories go from usually, often, from older to younger. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm older. I have more stories than you. So let me tell you how this goes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I've had mentors that have said things to me like, oh, you're working with a person that's doing that kind of stuff? That's dangerous. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen next. They're going to do something like this. Yeah. More than likely, they'll do something like this. And then this will happen. Then they're going to get fired. So what you need to do is do this, this, and this. And then being going like, sure, sure, sure. Guess what happened? Yeah. It happened exactly the way my mentor told me it was going to happen. And this person was found out for doing these things and Mm -hmm. whatever. And it played out. And it's like, yeah, because they'd seen it before. Right. And she was trying to pass on survival information to me as my mentor. Right. As far as like... Don't overreact. You need to go, this is what's going to happen. And boy, it helped me to survive and not freak out in that situation. The other thing it does, let's say you don't listen, Mm. right? You don't listen to your mentor. Your mentor has a story for you. and You go, I don't think they know what they're talking about. Then it unfolds exactly the way that they say it will. Now, you are a much wiser person about, and you probably tell a story to a younger person going, I didn't listen to the person. Yeah, I didn't listen to her. And and I should have. Yeah. And she called it. Right. So next time, just take my advice. Yeah. Just listen to when somebody tells you something. Yeah. yeah no. It, but what's beautiful about this is like uh, one of the, the help, most helpful things even about Invisible Ink. And it, it's just like starting with this isn't some you know, earth shattering thing nobody's ever figured out. You're like it starts with everything starts in the real world. Right. Right. Once you understand how the real world works and like, well, here's a conflict in the real world works. Here's the stories in the real world. Well, you <laughs> right. got to have the, the water. You have to have the eagle. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Right. Okay. In the real world, you can look around and go like, man, my, my grandpa worked a lot and he was never around, you know, for instance, right. whatever. Right. And like, I don't want to end up like that. There's a clone character. Now, right. if you were writing about a character like that, they probably need that grandpa character so that they can go. Yeah. We talked about Schindler's List a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Right? You need to have it wasn't red, it was um um who's the other guy? Um who, uh, Oh, or are you talking about oh you're are you talking about Schindler's? Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about um not Schindler's, I mean uh, Sh- uh, Shawshank. Shawshank. I'm yeah, talking I'm about sorry, um, that's what I meant. Yeah. You're talking about Shawshank. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about did what's I his ta- name? Did I talk about yeah, that? Yeah, we talked about it a couple episodes. Yeah, and I was yeah. just doing a callback to, to, to what was to, his name? Uh, not Red, Red Brooks. 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 You needed Brooks to make Red scene matter. Right. Right? Because Brooks had to be there as a clone character. Right. And the funny thing is, if you were to just imagine in your head, if you're visual or like, 
take that whole thing with Brooks out. Right. It would you would have been like, oh, Red got out of jail, and what's he getting up there to do? You wouldn't even thought about him hanging himself. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have worked. Right. Is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there's an there's a reason that guy had to be in there. There's a reason he's older. Right. Yes. Right. Um, all these things had to play out the way they did, and that's what builds it. That's the construction, the building blocks that led to the way it crescendoed and the way that it ended up working. Well, if if, and this is what we talked about before. Now I remember what we talked about. Um, if your armature is you have to get busy living or get busy dying, then you need an example That's of right. both things. That's right. Right? Red gets busy, busy living. Brooks gets, gets busy dying. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. That's No, that's, that's such a great example because it is, it is actually dying. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's heavy. Yeah. And it isn't just dying. He kills himself. So it's, it's yeah. even within the context of get busy, like do one of these things. Yeah. Right, it's not the same thing if Brooks just dies. Yeah, yeah. Old age, when you'd be like, yeah. "Oh, well, he got out and he yeah. died a couple of days and died." Yeah. No, he he took his own life. Right. Um, he was in control right. of that decision. Right. Just like Red was. Right. Um. Yeah, it's really powerful. It is powerful, and you can see like how to use it well. Yeah. Right. We have so many great examples. Um. You you've t- you've used the movie Tootsie in the past mm-hmm. to talk about how clones can work. Can mm-hmm. you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, well, in Tootsie, so you have uh, the character of Michael Dorsey, who is an out-of-work actor who um, who uh, is a womanizing kind of uh, character. Uh, you'll see you see that in the first act. You see him at a party, and he's like, have, he has lines for all the women, like, you look like an actress. And there's even one <laughs> woman, he's like, you are an actress. He's even surprised it's actually, like, that line is actually true right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, so he... Uh, he lies, gets a job, pretends to be a woman so he can get a job on a soap opera where the part is for a woman. So he's got this job. But everybody who works there thinks he's actually a woman. Hmm. Um, now, he falls in love with one of his co-stars and uh, this woman, and uh, she thinks they're buddies, they're friends. Um, they read lines. They work you know, for the show. They're on this soap opera, yeah. and they work together. And she thinks, oh, well, this is my buddy. Meanwhile, he's falling in love with her, and she doesn't know what's going on. The director of the show, this guy Ron, uh, is uh, an over-the-top womanizer, almost perfect name to Ron. Ron. Of course, yeah, it's yeah, Ron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apologize to all the Rons out there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, um, um, so, uh, yeah, so Ron is exactly who Michael Dorsey is, but just the, car- the caricature of him, the bigger yeah. version. So, so what happens is Ron is. Uh, uh, Julie, the woman uh, Dustin Hoffman's character is in love with, Julie's boyfriend. He's also cheating with, on her with an actress on the show. Mm-hmm. So this is disgusting to uh, to uh, Dustin Hoffman's character. <laughs> yeah. So at one point, uh, Ron and Tootsie have a discussion about this. And what's great about it is if you watch that scene where he says to Ron at one point, I understand you better than you think I do. It's an opportunity for Dustin Hoffman's character to confront himself, which yeah. is a little different use of a clone character. He gets to say to himself, oh, you're not a nice person. Yeah. And I can start to see it. Yeah. I can see it in you. Yeah. I can somebody's see ref- holding up a mirror. Yeah. You're a mirror. And go, me. look at this. Yeah. Look who you are. Are you happy with this? Yeah. And you're like, 
I know what it feels like now. Yeah. Like, I actually care about this woman. Yeah. And I see what it's like when somebody really just takes advantage of somebody. Yeah. Whereas before, he was the guy right. doing it. Right. It's really smart. It's very smart. And he dramatizes it. Mm-hmm. So he knows, well, Ron's got to be a little bit bigger. Right. Because if um, Dustin Hoffman's character was as big as Ron from the beginning, you would have never... Right. You would have been like, this guy's a jerk. I'm not going to go along for the ride. Right. He's already kind of sleazy. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. I mean, in the opening scene where they're up in his apartment and you got Bill Murray's like playing the piano and stuff. But like that, that scene's already kind of like, for me at least, the first time I saw it, kind of going like, I don't know how I feel about this guy yet. Right. Yeah. If it was Ron... Who's oh, yeah. 20% bigger, you would have been out. So it's just really smart decision from the writers and obviously the direct, great director. But like where you go like, okay, well, in order for him to see it, I'm probably going to have to boost up the volume a little right. bit for the character to go, oh, shoot. Do I look like that? Right. Yeah, you look like that. Right. Yeah. So from a writing perspective, if when you're sitting down and writing, how do you think about clones? Like do you establish – because even like I, I, I was reading um, – you know, really about that whole new kind of kind of characters in the universe you're building for your new project. And it's really clear that you you built these, the really the supporting cast as clones around the central character. Right. Can you walk me through how you, well, obviously that, that project's not out yet, but right. can you walk me through even your process of going like, okay, if this person, if this is my armature, uh-huh. in essence here, if my foundation is, this is what I'm trying to say, this is my armature, here's my survival information, in order to, you know, pass along the survival information. I need this character to do it. Right. In order for, and this character then needs these characters. It's almost like a, a tree. Yeah. Does that makes sure. sense. I'm yeah. trying to like yeah. visualize it out. So like, how does that, work? how does that work? Like for you, I'm assuming you started with your armature mm-hmm. that led to your main character. Right. Where you're like, well, if I'm trying to say this, I need somebody who's dealing with this and right. who's had these situations. Right. And then, at least when I was reading your story Bible for your project, it was really clear when I got to your supporting cast, I was like, yeah. oh, these are his clones that he has. These are the 10 things he has to learn almost. Right. I know you're probably not trying to say that, but it felt like you were like, oh, well, he's, yeah, this oh. is the stuff he's got to see. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so can you walk me through kind of that process in general, how you think about building the clones? Um, I don't, it's not that I don't think about clones, but what I do think about is, what do I want to say? So if my armature is, um, well, if it was get busy living or get busy dying, I would look for all the ways I could show that. Mm-hmm. Th- and that's it. Like, how can I show that? Well, I can have a character who does this. I can have a character who does that. I can, right? Um, I can have a character who chooses this over that. I can, yeah. And you can do that. You know, people are afraid of repetition, but repetition is what sticks. Yeah. Right? sticks in music it sticks the repetition um I, I don't know if i finished a thought i was we were doing one show and i was talking about being with these architects or was it is this in real life or is this in a show i don't, I don't remember. remember i don't remember go ahead it was either in real life or it was in a show but but uh-huh. either way um so i i had the i was with these architects at this famous church i was speaking to them like i was giving a lecture and they were like we're all going and packing into this van and we're going to this very famous church we were in uh where was I? Uh, uh, wherever I was in the South. So, so I forget oh, where I was. I didn't know if you were in Rome when you were doing that. No, 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 no. Yeah. This was not in Rome. This is, yeah. uh, for some reason, I can't remember where. I was in uh, where, wherever I was. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. I can't think of it. But anyway, so um, so we go to this church. And a uh, very famous church, I guess. Very famous architect. And I had just lectured on story structure. 
And but I had the benefit of being around all these architects and industrial engineers. And we went to a Frank Lloyd Wright house and we went to this oh, other cool. place. And I said, so what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Right. Because I just showed them what I saw that they didn't see. Yeah. So I thought, well, here I am. I'm sure. You know, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? And what they started showing me was in this church, they started showing me. So you see the shape of this door. You see how that's repeated here and here and here and here hmm. and here and here. And this is the sort of theme of this place. Crazy. Yeah, it was amazing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that okay, that's the same thing. So, but once you saw that, were you like, how how did I miss that? Um, in a way, yeah, yeah. But I, but I'm, I wasn't looking for that. So. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, you yeah. were probably like, oh yeah, it's a beautiful building. Yeah, yeah. Had but a they nice could, feel. Be, yeah. but because they were architects, they're like, oh, you know what we saw? Right. We saw this. Yeah. So for you, you're you're doing that something similar, almost as the architect of the story. Right. So as architect of the story, you go, well, I've got to repeat this over and over again. Hmm. Into, until what? Until when? Until you've proven your point? Well, there's a point at which you can't sustain it, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, you know. Yeah. But, I mean. Past two reels. But, yeah, you go, you know, you state the theme, and then it's a variation on the theme, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the same thing in music, same thing in storytelling, apparently the same thing in architecture, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so y- you do that. As long as you can sustain it. Yeah. But making sure that you've explored all the avenues that are worth exploring. Mm-hmm. Right. So you there are other things that say uh, get busy living or get busy dying in the Shawshank Redemption. But um, but you would not have unless you'd gone that far with Brooks and Red. Yeah. Then you would not have it explore, have explored every avenue. That's right. Right. Um, Here's another example. Okay. We were talking about Ace in the Hole the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Wilder's film and some really great clones in that movie. Great clones. Right. I, I mean, the man, I'm wondering if this is too niche. How many people? Let's just pretend. <laughs> Hopefully pretend people have seen, seen it. Ace yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but when you, first, when you first follow this reporter into the office, the first thing you see in the reporter's office in New Mexico is a stitched sign. Was that crochet or whatever? It says, tell the truth. Yeah. Well, Billy's telling us right out of the gate, like, th- it's not a mistake that it says tell the truth. Right. And then there's a beautiful scene where he's talking to, do you remember the guy's name that ran the paper? Oh, uh, Mr. Boot. Wow. Good job. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, Mr., he's in his office, and his whole thing is the truth. And you can tell that. Right. And then you got this new reporter who's really fancy and... You know, he's talking about how great he was and he's trying to negotiate a salary. And he's right. like, and you can get me for only 50 bucks a week or a month. And then he goes, for only 45 bucks a month. For yeah, only 40 bucks a month. Down, he keeps yeah. talking it down. And then at the end of that conversation, the scene flips and the guy who runs the paper goes, and we pay people $60 a month here. Right. And you go, oh, that guy really is about telling the truth. He's an honest guy. He's an honest guy. And, they, and he establishes it like that. And who's the perfect person... To have against this main character. Right, because this character is not a person who tells he's the truth. He's not a person who tells the truth. Yeah. And that's what he's willing to do, whatever it takes to get the story. Right. And you go like, well, we need to have, from a contrast perspective, yeah, we need to have Mr. Booth to play off of our central character. Yeah. Right? Um, and there's all these great opportunities for this guy to show up at the right time and to be like, pretty much you sold your soul. Right. Um, but I'm just saying like that, I just thought that was a good example of like a clone that had to be there from the sake of contrast, because 
Um, contrast is really important in, in stories in general, right? Mm-hmm. In, in film, I mean, especially when you're doing anything visually, mm-hmm. like contrast is a big deal. And and in, like, again, something only looks big next to something small, right? Like right. a dollar looks small, but if you put it next to a penny, you go, oh, a dollar looks pretty big. Right. So from a contrast perspective, like if a pig, if there was another pig that was trying to kill this pig, okay. and it was just a little bit bigger, not good enough. Right, no. It's got to be a wolf. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Contrast as much as possible because that helps people see the difference. Right. Right? So yeah. if you have a crooked kind of reporter, you've got to have as straight arrow as possible boss. Right. So there's something to play off of. I mean, comic right. books work this way too. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 <coughs> that's okay. Things, they work so well um, when you're telling a story, a binary. That's why, that's why there's an idea in a story of good and evil, which we're sort of getting away from. Because we think it's more sophisticated, mm-hmm. so everybody's gray, and then you don't know who to root for, and then yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and I'm not saying that the, that your hero can't be a little bit gray, and that you you know your your villain can't be a little bit gray. But if you blur those lines too much, then you're not even telling a story. What are you even talking about? Yeah, right. Then yeah. yeah, unless for whatever reason that's your actual point, mm. but um, but usually it's not. Yeah, it's just a kind of a. Usually, you just don't want to be the one that says. Oh, it was a little too simple, and you're right. you're scared to. You're scared to. In be essence, you're going. To, yeah, in essence, you're going. Well, I mean, a lot of times. I mean, think about it. How often do you find yourself rooting for somebody on TV or whatever? You're like, yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for this guy, but at the same time, they're an awful person, and right. I don't even know who the good guy is. I don't know who the bad guy is. I, I'm not really sure what we're doing here, other than almost like a, a social experiment. Well, and that's that thing that happens now where we take it out of the emotional place and put it in the headspace. Yeah. Right. And then if you ask the writer, they'd be like, well, you have to understand life's this way. Right. And you're like, well, sure. But that's the theme beats logic stuff right. you talk about. Yeah. Um, but, but going back to the clone stuff, um, it just seems like once people get this as writers or even just as viewers of stories, once you can start to see clones and you start to go like, okay, what's a great way to look at clones? If you're, if you're developing clone characters for the first time, start with something like contrast. Mm-hmm. Here's a really simple one. Right. Great. What's the main thing that's kind of driving your character? What is the thing you're trying to prove with them, right? It's like, well, hey, if you go through your whole life lying, right, it's going to come back to bite you. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Great. So we probably need a character that's a liar. Right. What does it also tell us? You we need the character. We need the, right. Yeah. And then this guy needs to be, if he's like slimy, but kind of in the middle slimy, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't seem like a horrible person. Yeah. But he just kind of bends things a little bit. He just needs some people that show that do that have no problem breaking. Right. Like so, you got to push in both directions of contrast. Right. Super slimy, the like the the church going guy with the don't tell the truth thing or whatever. Right. Like you kind of need to, and all of a sudden you start to go, well, shoot, I've already got, I've already got, well, one, two, three, I already got four characters now. Right. That I have to have. I mean, even if you said just a, just a Nemo, you're like, well, we got Dory and we got Crush and we got. It's it's a just a nice little exercise. Of going, I need clones. They need to be contrast this character in order for him to be able to see. Right. Right. Um, it's just a good starting point. Yeah. Because even if you could go do this exercise, figure out what you're trying to say, figure out your armature, who's the character you need to embody this around. Right. Right. Now, from a contrast perspective, who are the clones? Right. And all of a sudden you start to go like, shoot, I know what I'm saying. I have my character and I have the four characters that are around them. Yeah. At least that's a, a place to start. Right. Well, look at... Um... <clears throat> Look at uh, Jesse in Toy Story 2. That's just Woody. Yeah. 
All yeah. she is is a clone for Woody. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. Same, like, same. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what happens when y- your boy grows up and you're abandoned mm-hmm. and what are you going to do then? Yeah. Right? Um, oh, right. That's right. What do I do then? Yeah. Maybe I am better off here than there. Right. Eventually, he's going to grow Leave up. Leave anyways. Yeah. And, yeah. Right? Um, do you risk it? Do you risk right. the relationship? Or right. And and the uh, the prospector, I forget his name. Uh, prospector. Stinky Pete. Stinky Pete. <laughs> you really are a Stinky Pete. Right. Right. So Stinky Pete is the toy who's not played with. Yeah. Right? Which is no existence at all. Yeah. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. But that's a clone, too. Do yeah. you want to be the toy who's never been loved? And he goes and never... bitter. Right. She's abandoned, and she's kind of figuring that out. He goes bitter. Right. Which is a choice you're going to have to make. Right. Yeah. Right? So this is the... They are sort of, uh, in some ways... You know, Woody's in the middle of this. He could mm-hmm. be her. Yeah. He could be him. Like, which... Yeah. Right? They're right in front of you. Yeah. You're going to have to figure out who who you who do you want to be, Woody. Right. Or maybe neither one. Maybe you've yeah. got the answer, right? <clears throat> but you still have to... You have these two examples. Yeah. Right? So um, that's a really well-constructed piece. It, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and they did a great job with setting those stakes. And also, the prospector is very different than Jesse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's choices that had to be made there. Like you said, if you saw it from a bird's eye view, you got, okay, well, if you got Woody here, you need Jesse over here, you need the prospect over here. That's going to create tension. Right. Right? Right. And now we got a story if we've got the character, the obstacle, the goal. Right. Right? And these are the clones that I'm going to need to help get us through this journey mm-hmm. of how we're going to overcome this obstacle and get us there. Right. Make sense? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Clone it's just so simple. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're powerful characters when you use them well. I and mean, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. They're everywhere in your life. They're everywhere in stories. And if you know that they're everywhere in life, you, you'll learn how to utilize them in stories. It, mm-hmm. it just makes sense to you. The problem is that people often, they're always afraid to be clear. The, the hardest thing to teach people about doing this stuff is being clear. Why, why do you think the clear thing is such a big deal? Because it seems like cheating or it seems too pedestrian. Anybody could do this. Anybody could get this. It's, it's too accessible. And we have this thing in our culture about when it comes to art, about it being too accessible. Um, because it's not brainy enough. Then. You don't think that's the enlightenment? That's like, I think therefore I am type of stuff where it's like it, it, it became all about the brain. The only thing that mattered was the brain. It became about uh, yes, thinking. I, yeah. And we lost heart we lost spirit we lost it just became about the brain right um and uh i told you i was hanging out in new mexico with my buddy and we were talking about you know he grew up on one of the pueblos out there and we were talking about you know how we're so obsessed with the mind Mm -hmm. right that we're missing everything else right we're missing what about love what about the the spirit like and he's talking about where he came from and the different ceremonies and things and i'm like yeah, when did we just when did we buy into this whole thing? All that matters is thinking. I know. When did we buy into the, like the thing where it's like, so you're saying you want to do a thinking piece, you want to make a movie that helps people think, but you really don't care if it moves them emotionally. Yeah, you know the point is to move people emotionally. Right. I don't know why you would make a movie if you weren't trying to move someone emotionally. What would the point be? The point would be to show them that you were smart. Look how smart I am. Look how smart I am because you walked out confused. Yeah. So if I walk out confused, that means they were smart. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. You're yeah, I don't know either. Person. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah, I don't get it. So because if you look at Ace in the Hole, 
Again, I'm not, I bet nobody's watched Jason the Hole. Well, they're going to have to watch Jason the Hole. Or whatever. Or Some Like It Hot. Oh, yeah, same. Uh, the same. same like, um, they just have to watch these. Or E.T. Okay. Okay, oh. E.T. Yeah. Like, if you didn't get choked up at E.T., I don't know. Something happened. <laughs> right. 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 But, like, everybody loves E.T. Mm-hmm. How can you not love E.T.? And yeah. if somebody's like, I don't love E.T., and they're like, why? And you're like, I didn't think enough? <laughs> I'd be like, okay. <laughs> right. Like... Even I, we were talking about on another episode. You were talking about, you know, the wonderful thing about kids' movies is a lot of people love kids' movies, right? Yeah, because they like, oh my god, I understood what it was about, right? Because it was okay to be clear in a kids' movie right. because it's a kids' movie, right? But if you look at, even if all you care about is money, let's just say you just care about money, yeah, want to make money, be clear, yeah, yeah, or like be clear, like all the Pixar movies that do really well like they're clear people can go and get something out of nemo and somebody in their 90s or at nine right they can all enjoy nemo and that's a bigger audience and they're not worried about trying to in fact like i'm assuming andrew's not going i hope they leave having no idea what happened in the theater today <laughs> yeah i don't right? think so yeah you know, probably not no um so i don't know how that happened but it seems like when you watch buster keaton or charlie chaplin or any of those guys they were after emotion right and their stuff still stands right Right? Yeah, they wanted to. Hitchcock was about moving people. Yeah. That was the point. Yeah, he wanted you to feel things. He wanted you to feel something. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to take you on a ride. I want you to feel something. Yeah. This is beyond entertainment. And we were looking at the definition of entertainment the other day, and and it just said to um, divert. Yeah, it's a diversion. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's really easy to think that entertainment is stories. Right. And they couldn't be further from, they're not the same thing. They're not. Stories can be entertaining. They aren't always entertaining, even if they're engaging. Mm. Yeah. Right? They're not always entertaining. Yeah. A story about how somebody survived the depression might not be entertaining. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right. The Holocaust. Right. Push it as far as you can. Right. It may not be entertaining. Yeah. But that's not the sole purpose of stories. That's right. Right? And we're not, we don't just seek them out for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And if all you want to do with a story is entertain people, without giving them anything uh, other than that. And, you know, a little bit of sugar is okay, mm-hmm. right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But um, it can, it, after a while, it'll rot your teeth, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's just, even when we call it the entertainment business, I wonder if it would change things. Definitions matter, like words matter. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget that. I think so too. You know, and, and you go like, well, if we call it, it's the entertainment business. I wonder if it would change things if it was the story business. Because the difference is, is like the stories have to have substance. Well, stories should have substance, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you want to make something that really stands and is helpful, mm-hmm. uh, which I hope you want to do. Like if you were a chef, if you wanted to make food that actually nourished somebody. <laughs> right. As opposed to just like, I don't know, six pounds of cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels good for a minute, but who? all you're going to think later on is like, I wish we wouldn't ate all that cotton candy. I know, right, yeah. Thing, right? Yeah. And, and I think that that nourishing thing is a big deal because it also – tells you you have a responsibility to your audience. Like, think about the fact that um, Brooks hung himself. Right. That's heavy stuff. hmm It was redeemed later on when we realized that Red didn't have to. So what I love about that is they needed that to happen for the story, but it wasn't exploitive. Right. The writer, the director, I mean, I, I talk about a great director, right, wasn't just messing with the audience to entertain them. Right. So many of these movies you see where you're like, what was that? Why did you need to blow that dude's head apart? Right. I don't, how does that help 
the story. It's right. like you're just trying to mess with the audience. And the problem with that, because we know how the brain works with mirror neurons and everything else, is when you're doing those things, you're jacking with someone's head. Right, you are. And if it's part of helping them understand how to survive the next depression or get through this heartbreak they're in or whatever, it's like, okay, well, it's part of the story. It's like, you, you yeah, we Brooks died. Right. It's heavy, or there was that war scene, and you needed to understand that war scene because the whole point of this is that war is hell. Right. And so you got to see how bad war is. But man, sometimes I feel like I'll, I'll be watching a movie or TV show, and it's just like bonkers, crazy stuff. Like yeah. a, a pregnant woman getting stabbed to death or something. Yeah, right. And you're going, how does that, that has nothing to do with your story. Right. You're just an asshole. Yeah. And I can't, and you maybe you go like, oh my God, I can go with the most incredible twist. You know that woman who's nine months pregnant, I'm going to stab her to death. And you go like, the audience won't see that coming. Yeah, maybe they won't. Maybe <laughs> they won't see it coming. Maybe because it shouldn't be coming. Maybe right, because right. it shouldn't happen. Right. Why does that particular thing, is that motivated? Other than, other than shock jock bullshit. Well, you know, here's the thing. I think that when you don't have the skill set, to actually move people, it becomes sort of a, an escalation mm. of cheap tricks to move people, right? So if you stab a pregnant woman, you will get a response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with craft or anything to do, you know, it's not hard to get a response, yeah. right? But that's not the same thing as moving people. Yeah. Right, you can get a response. Right, you know what I mean. Without any craftsmanship, yeah, you can get a response. Right, um, it's a trick. It's a trick. It's sleight it, of hand. Yeah. Whatever, yeah, it's a trick when you don't know how to do it another way. You know what it's like? It's like having a little kid, mm -hmm. right, and going. You know, you could go in there and just scream at him. Oh, they spilled their milk. You could go and scream at them. Right, get an inch away from their face and just scream at them, and you'd be like, "Yeah, but." He didn't spill his milk again. Right. And you're like, sure. You're a monster. <laughs> right. Or you can go, well, hey, let me talk to him. Right. You know, it's like, hey, you know, it's just his hands were too small. He's he kind of too heavy. You know? Right, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's just as much my fault to I, try to make you pour that yourself. Or, yeah. Or go, you know, if you would have been paying attention, but it's not a big deal. I'm just saying, if you applied some of, if you took some of these things out of a movie or <laughs> right. a story and put them in real life where you're like, the stabbing the woman is the same as like yelling at someone in their face to try to get a response and go, yeah, but you, you tell, and then you go back to your son 10 minutes later and you go like, but you didn't see that coming. Right. right I bet you didn't see, I bet, right. I bet you didn't see, think I was going to get on like yeah. on my knees and an inch away from her face and scream at you. So I just started crying. You yeah. didn't see that coming. Did you? And you'd be like, yeah, you got a response, but then what? Right. But then what? Yeah. You're going to be paying for that. Right. Because now the audience, just like that kid will never forget that audience is never going to forget the time that I was watching your show and you stabbed this woman to death for no fucking reason. Yeah. And now I can't trust you anymore. Right. So what are you going to, what's the next thing? If you're going to, are you going to burn somebody alive? Yeah. Right? Like you're going to keep escalating this you, That's stuff. what has to happen. Right? And then you get Caligula or something. Right. And you're like, Buster Keaton, like, well, Buster Keaton's a bad example because people don't. The really good craftspeople don't have to do this crazy stuff. No. They They're don't. good enough to go like, oh, I don't, I don't, there's I can a, make you a scare. Like Hitchcock can make you scared without showing you anything. Like well, there's a, a, a murder. They give a rear window. I know. I know. You don't see, but there's a murder in Frenzy. That's a pretty brutal murder in the beginning of Frenzy and you see it. It's pretty brutal. But the second murder you see, 
you don't see because you know how it goes down. Mm -hmm. You know it's happening. It happens behind a closed door. Yeah. And you just hang outside the door. Yeah. The audience hangs outside yeah. the door. So he let you know because he had to let you know yeah. how it goes down. Yeah. This is the world we're in. Right. But then he never. But he's not exploited. Right. Also, it's worse when the door is shut. Oh, yeah. But whatever. Right. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like. It was t it's, a, it's really tense to watch. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's awful yeah. because you know what's happening. Yeah. But he didn't Don't have to show you. they outside, too? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, and then they go out to the establishment. It's, a, it's just a one long yeah. shot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you're yeah. like. That's great, though. Yeah. Because that's not exploitive. Right. Um, sorry, I don't even know why I started talking about that. Uh, instead of clone characters. But I, I'm just saying, like, that it's... The beautiful thing about whether it's clone characters or armature or any of the stuff we're talking about is, like, if 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 you start to realize this is what those people that hopefully you really look up to, like, truly great storytellers understood this stuff. And, boy, once you realize that you can see it, the beautiful thing about once you can see something is you can you can start to try it, and then you start realizing, I could do that. Right. I could tell a story without having to resort to this jock-jock bullshit. Right. I can tell a story that's about something, and I can move an audience um, and truly give something to the audience that by the time they walk out, and by give something, I don't mean, like, it has to be happy. I'm not no, saying yeah. that. I know what you mean. I'm just saying, Ace in the Hole's in a happy movie, right? No, you yeah. know, like there's. A, I'm not saying that it has to be super, you know, cheesy or anything. I'm just saying, would it be great if you were? It was almost like a service to the audience of like, hey, this is going to be brutal. Just like if you were talking to a grandparent that was in the Holocaust, I'm going to tell you a brutal story, but I'm telling you this because I want you to know what people are capable of, but also like that you can make it through something like right. this. It's like, well, I'm glad they told that story. Right. right. Like Schindler's List is as br brutal as it gets. Yeah. But there's a point to it. Right. 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 Um, and that's why it's going to last. And that's why I used to think people still be talking about it in 100 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're still talking about Buster Keaton or whoever. Right. Um, because there was something there. Right. But this is what they knew how to do. They understood they knew why those characters, even the clones, like you would talk about the clones in Schindler's List. Oh, well, yeah, because you have you have uh, the the really horrible i don't know i i say horrible nazi as if you can have another <laughs> kind of nazi but you have yeah. you have the yeah. horrible yeah. example of a nazi um and then you have uh schindler they're both uh exploiting this situation yeah um but one guy um really takes it to the extreme and has an opportunity to change and doesn't take it yeah right so you know schindler is trying to save a, somebody's life and talks this guy into not, for a while, not killing somebody. He's like, you know, you have all the power. You could absolve this person. You have yeah. that kind of power. You don't have to kill. And the guy starts thinking about it, then realizes, no, I'd rather kill people, and continues to kill people. Schindler, on the other hand, says, I don't have to be this guy. I can be another guy. Yeah. I don't have to be who I've been. I can be another person. Mm -hmm. um, and so they are clones. Yeah. Schindler looks better next to this guy. This guy looks worse next to Schindler. That's right. And you truly do need the other guy for contrast. Yeah. Because Schindler's not the best dude ever. No. But boy, in in the, that guy's shadow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, is, who is a monster. Right. Um, and we just talked about the crap side of that movie. And you were talking about how some people hate on Spielberg. And it's people just like to hate Spielberg. Bonkers. Because that movie is, it's so dialed. There's stuff... That's just, it's so over the top, like... Yeah, people, what, what happens is, uh, I was just talking to a friend about this, 
because there are lesser filmmakers. And when, when you're talking to people about those filmmakers and you go, none of their movie, that doesn't make sense. And why did this happen? And this is random and blah, blah, blah. They will say, but what about that scene where X happened mm-hmm. or that this shot here or something like that, yeah. right? So, so the one thing that saves the whole movie for them. Yeah. With Spielberg, it's exactly the opposite. Hmm. With Spielberg, it's yeah, but I didn't that thing with the red dress that right or uh, the beginning and the end of uh, of Ryan. Like, look, I don't I don't like the beginning and end. I don't like those bookends uh-huh. in Ryan. But there's a whole movie in between there, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh-huh. There's a whole movie in between there. So it's a weird thing. It's like. For other people, one thing saves the movie. For other, you know, but for Spielberg, but for Spielberg one thing yeah. ruins the thing. So it's 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 and those things are like okay, yeah, they're usually minor. The red dressing is like you didn't okay, right? Yeah. So you're gonna throw the whole thing? Did you catch anything else? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. But structurally, talk about a sound movie. Well, funny thing is, if we're talking about uh, Schindler's List, we're talking about searching for Bobby Fisher. Mm, yeah. And clones and in, in searching for Bobby Fisher. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right? There's yeah. some incredible clones in there. Right. Yeah. We have his mentors, mm-hmm. right? Men- the mentors are clones for him. Yeah. You have the, the other little boy chess genius who's a clone. Yeah. Right? Because Bobby Fisher's character is all about having a good heart. Yeah. Right? He's all about having a good heart, and the other kid is all about winning and losing, yeah. which is the thing that. Um, that uh, Josh Whiteskin uh, yeah. is supposed to learn that, oh, it's not about winning and losing. Yeah. Right? So... Remember that guy who's playing chess and he's just like talking to himself? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and he's like, is my kid going to end up like that? Or right, like, yeah. Or like, there's really great decisions. I mean, well, yeah. It, well, you know. Yeah. It's Steve's alien. <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah, these are all great examples. If you're trying to understand clone characters, boy, there's some really good stuff out there to watch. But it's nice to know... In fact, here's a great way to look at clone characters, I think. Take one of them away. Right. Right. Who are you going to take away in searching for Bobby Fisher? Right. You're going to lose one of the mentors? How? Right. Right. Even the weird kind of chess guys that are hanging out in the club. Which one are you going to? Yeah. Take out that scene. Yeah. You're going to take the dad out? Right. Right. Take out mom? Yeah. Who do you take out? Right. (laughs) Right. And the beautiful thing about that is it's almost like a perfectly, it's like if you took a Jenga stack and stacked them all one on top of the other. Yeah. And you go like, you can't pull one. No. I, we were talking about something like it hot. Yeah. And how it's just stupid. It's yeah, so good. Yeah. And you go like, what? pull a character out. Right, right. Try to pull out one Jenga piece. <laughs> yeah. Fix it. Yeah. Oh, well, you're going to pull out spats? Right. How? Yeah, right. You're going to pull out. I mean, who? there's no one to pull out. Right. It, it is what it is. Yeah. That's constructed well. Yeah. Jeesh. Well, it's Billy Wilder. You, yeah. You know. Yeah. Get out of here. But it's the same thing with Ace in the Hole. Yeah, well, yeah, he's... You gonna pull the wife out of there? You can't pull, pull out the bot? You, you can't, can't? Yeah. There's no fat. Yeah. And so, because the problem, I guess, with clone characters is you can make too many clones where it's all these really nuanced, like, well, like, technically <laughs> right, you might yeah. want a guy that also sells donuts. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, yeah. But I mean, who are those, like, those critical roles that have to be there in order for it to fly, in order for the plane to take off? Right. But you can also have small clones, an interaction with somebody who's inconsequential, it seems like. Yeah. Right? Like, I always say that you could have a, um, for instance, let's say you have a character who is always um, 
pessimistic character. Yeah. And you have some utilitarian scene you've got to have where you've got to see somebody buy something at the store. Like, it's important. Like an important plot piece. Like, oh, we got to see them buy bottled yeah. water at the store. So, right. so let's say you have the checker at that store. You go, well, this is an opportunity for a clone character. Yeah. Right? That checker. It doesn't have to be a throwaway person. Yeah. Right. That checker could be, could have everything go wrong and be completely optimistic. Yep. Oh, this thing, it's not reading. The thing's not, the reader's yeah. not working. And oh, isn't that just the way? And let me just, oh, it's not, you know, right? The, you, that's a clone. Yeah. Every character that interacts with, interacts with your protagonist is an opportunity for you to illuminate something about your clone, your, your, your uh, protagonist. Your character. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Get to know your clones. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks. Next time on You Are a Storyteller. People always want to know how to do how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I write a first act? How do I write subtext? How do I, it's always, how do I do it? Without having learned how to see it. And that's the first step, right? If you don't, if you don't recognize it when you see it, how are you gonna do it? Thanks for watching You Are a Storyteller. If you have any questions or there's a storytelling topic you want us to cover, leave a comment below or email us at hello at believeagency.com.